Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Dr. Jim Papandrea. His book is What Really Happens After We Die. Jim is an author and professor of church history and historical theology, a Catholic layperson. Jim has a degree from Fuller Theological Seminary, a Ph.D. from Northwestern University in the History and Theology of Early Christian Church, Second Concentrations in New Testament Interpretation and the History of the Roman Empire. He has also studied Roman history at the American Academy in Rome, Italy, currently on the faculty of the Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. He's also a senior fellow of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, and his book is called What Really Happens After We Die. Jim, welcome to the program. First time, I understand. That's right. It's great to be with you, George. Thanks a lot. I appreciate being on the show. How did you get interested in after-death studies? Well, you know, I kind of backed into it, actually, because, uh, you know, my, uh, my day job is studying and teaching the history and the theology of early and medieval Christianity. So I am the, reading these ancient documents for a living, and uh, one of the themes I came across in these ancient documents was this doctrine of what we call the resurrection. And um, I, I saw a consensus across uh, these, these early Christian theologians and philosophers, we call them the Church Fathers, and, uh, you know, it became clear to me that they had a particular uh, way of thinking about the afterlife, and, uh, and so I decided to write a book about it and, and uh, really just did the research for the book. Did you ever contemplate, the Jim, of becoming a priest? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I uh, at one time was ordained in a Protestant denomination uh, before coming back to the Catholic Church, but uh, I really discerned that that kind of uh, church leadership was not my calling, and my calling was to the classroom. And so even though I did some time, uh, you know, in that kind of uh, ministry, um, it really wasn't, uh, really wasn't the right fit for me. I had the aerospace uh, guru Robert Bigelow on the program yesterday, and he has just created a $1.8 million contest for, to 29 people who've already signed up to discuss the afterlife and to convince him that it's real. And uh, wow. he's giving out the awards very soon. One person has already won 500000 They're going to officially announce who that is uh, in December. But... Uh, Gosh, we could have gotten you into that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, part of the thing is, uh, I guess, that it's a matter of faith. And so um, I, I'm not sure it's possible to prove it to that extent. Uh, I think uh, if, if it were possible to prove it, then it wouldn't require faith. And um, I don't know, maybe then it would cheapen it. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'll be interested to see what the argument is of the person who wins. Now, of course, the question you ask in your book who really, what really happens after we die? Tell me about that question. Well, you know, um, one of the things, of course, that uh, all religions deal with, I think, is the, the, the boundaries of life and, the, you know, the apparent finality of death. And, um, you know, ancient cultures feared death because it seems to be the end of existence, um, and ancient cultures also had a kind of aversion to the bodies of the dead. Uh, you know, Jews were, were considered unclean if they touched a dead body. Uh, Romans cremated their dead and, uh, you know, had a sort of superstition about that. But then along come uh, Christians who have this radical courage in the face of death, 
who are even uh, willing to die for their faith because they believe in something bigger than life and something beyond life. And, um, and so, you know, I think it's only natural for all, all humans to sort of ask these questions. Is there something more? Is, is death the end or is it a transition into something else? And, um, you know, our, our tradition teaches that it, that it's not the end and that it's a transition. And are you convinced of that yourself? Uh, I am. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you have experience of the divine in your life that, uh, you know, these are the kinds of experiences that you know to be true, but that you couldn't necessarily prove to other people. But when you add up all those experiences and you put together all the uh, people who have gone before us in our tradition and who have taught about this and who, uh, who have had these things sort of uh, come to them through uh, you know, revelation through the reading of, of sacred texts. Uh, when you put all that together, um, I have a confidence that I think I share with a lot of uh, other Christians. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's uh, it's the kind of thing like you know, you you if a if a person who's a native of Alaska um, has no experience with palm trees, um, you know, it might be hard for someone from the islands to convince them that palm trees exist, but. But but you know they do because you have this experience that that you, you maybe can't give that experience to other people, but in your own heart you know it's true. Now earlier you talked about resurrection, and I think of course about Jesus and the resurrection. But we don't do that as humans. When we die, it's our soul, right? Well, that's the that's the thing, George. I mean, um, I think if you were to um, you know just sort of take a poll of the person on the street and ask people what um what happens when you die most people would say okay well your soul leaves your body and then if if the person believes in an afterlife they would say the soul perhaps goes to another realm or dimension where it lives on uh and experiences some sort of eternal life and and that is part of the answer but it's only part of it because ultimately the the sort of end uh goal of the human is not to be a disembodied spirit, but is to be uh, reunited with the body. Now, the body is going to be transformed, but resurrection is the, uh, the, the reuniting of a transformed body with that spirit. Uh, and so if you think about uh, you know, a, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, uh, you're actually not far off. You know, a caterpillar could never understand the the life of a butterfly until it becomes one um it, it seems to be a completely different creature and yet it's the same individual that goes into that cocoon that comes out later transformed and so for uh for us we believe that we don't just become disembodied spirits uh that happens at first but ultimately we will be reunited with that transformed body because we were created to be um not disembodied spirits, but embodied spirits, which is what we will be in the end. Jim, about 3,300 years ago, there was a manuscript written on papyrus called the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And then in the 8th century, there was the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It was basically a guide for what people could expect. How did they know this stuff? Well, I, I don't know how any uh, Egyptians or Tibetans would claim to know what happens after death. Um, the, uh, the way that Christians claim to know what happens after death 
is because we sort of, you know, we look at the uh, documented experience of Jesus himself, and we sort of extrapolate from that. Uh, we look at the things he taught, and because we believe that he was inspired uh, by divinity, that he was uh, and, and is God incarnate, that, you know, there's an authority there, there's a, there's a um, you know, there, there's something there that we can trust. We can trust what he said. And, uh, and, then, and then from there, we look at the people who came right after him, who knew him, the way they interpreted uh, their experience with his life, uh, their understanding of his teachings, and, uh, and, and we go from there. And so we're building on 2,000 years of, uh, of our tradition where, you know, each generation is sort of interpreting the, the teachings of the generation before. We put that all together, and um, that's how we would claim to, to know what we know. We don't know everything, um, but, uh, but that's how we would claim to know. Why are we so fascinated, Jim, with death? Well, you know, I, I think that we have uh, an inherent uh, desire to exist. Um, and even if life isn't perfect, there is uh, a shared um, desire for life to go on. And, uh, you know, I think there is a, there is a deep-seated fear in the human psyche of ceasing to exist. And so, I mean, it, it would be fair to say that you know, part of our desire to understand the afterlife is a need to believe in the afterlife, and, and we would be the first to, uh, to admit that. Um, we happen to believe there is an afterlife, and, uh, you know, we, we have these authorities that we look to to tell us uh, what little we know about that. Um, and that's kind of why I wrote the book, because I wanted to sort of put down in a book Everything we do know, and the book isn't that long because we uh, we we don't know that much. But there are certain things we do know, and uh, you know this is kind of what I do in the book. I say, well, look, here's what we know. Beyond this, it's a mystery until we get there. What is a ghost? Well, you know, it's interesting because when I went into the started when I started researching this, I fully expected to find that our tradition teaches, oh, you know, ghosts don't exist, and that's a myth, and but actually, that's not what I found. What I found is that our, our tradition teaches ghosts do exist. And um, there was a show uh, a while back called The Ghost Whisperer. Oh, about sure. Know it well. A fictional show about a woman who helps uh, spirits you know, make this transition. And the assumption there is that a ghost is a, the spirit of someone who is sort of stuck here in this realm and, and isn't able to cross over or make this transition. And and. Believe it or not, I think there's some truth in that. I think that that premise uh, got something right, because what our tradition teaches a ghost is, is the spirit of someone who who is is too stuck in this realm. But the problem is they're stuck here for a reason, uh, which is uh, they're too attached to this world or they're too detached from God. So in other words, a ghost is someone who is not going to heaven. So, you know, you don't want to become a ghost. You don't, uh, that's that, true. That is not what you want. I've had some guests that have told me, Jim, that the dead do not become angels. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Um, an angel is a completely different uh, created being. So, you know, we all watch It's a Wonderful Life right at Christmas time, right? I, lo I love that. And you, you got this character, Clarence, who's an angel, but he used to be a person. 
Um, but that's completely a false premise. I mean, people do not become angels. That was Hollywood. Hollywood did yeah, that right. to us. Right. So I don't even know where that comes from. But the, the point of all this is that in resurrection, we are redeemed, we are healed, we are made whole as our true human selves. And so we don't become something other than human. We don't cease to be human and become some other thing like an angel. We actually are fulfilled in our humanity. Um, we don't cease to be ourselves. We don't get absorbed into the universe. We don't lose our uniqueness or our personality. We, um, you know, we come to the fulfillment of our humanity, which includes this transformed body that we call the resurrection body. So, no, we don't become angels. We become our fullest, most complete, most whole selves. Why can't we become angelic? Well, I think, you know, that, that's a different question, because angelic is uh, sort of an adjective, right? Uh, we don't become angels, but we do, in a sense, become angelic, because we, uh, we are made fit for another realm, which is to say a spiritual realm. And so there, uh, there are ways in which our tradition teaches that we become like angels. Uh, you know, we won't be so focused on certain aspects of the life we now know. Um, and so, uh, so there will be ways in which we we become like the angels because our our existence will be more directly oriented toward God. Um, so we don't become angels, but you could say we become angelic in certain ways. What do other theologians talk about this, Jim? Well, I mean, uh, if you're talking about contemporary theologians, I think it's uh, you know it's kind of all over the map. Um, hard to pin down the contemporary theologians because, um, you know, part of their, part of their job, I guess, or, or part of, uh, what they do is, uh, is meant to be creative. Um, what I do is not a creative exercise. What I do is research, uh, you know, so, uh, what I'm looking at is the ancient theologians and the, um, and the ancient Christian philosophers. And so if you're asking what they teach, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about, because that's what I researched to write this book. I mean, those, uh, those, those theologians and those philosophers from the, from the period of early and medieval Christianity, so let's say the first thousand years of Christianity, well, they are the authorities uh, that I'm using to, to say what I'm saying in my book. Jim Papandreou with us. How am I doing pronouncing your last name? Yeah, that's right. Papandreou. Very good. I would guess that you're Greek. Uh, it's actually Italian, believe it or not. I know it sounds really. Greek, it sounds uh, Greek. Yeah. Yeah, Southern Italian. So uh, could have Greek roots if you go back far enough. But uh, the family recipes are all Italian. I keep thinking of Vegas Vacation, uh, Nick Papa Giorgio. Yeah, that's right. yeah that <laughs> would be Greek. <laughs> I love that. Since with your book, what really happens after we die? You have a subtitle that is fascinating as well, and it says, "How we know there will be hugs in heaven." Tell us about that. Well, you know, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but 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 it's it's real in this in this sense. As human beings, our bodies are our interface with creation. In other words, if you think about it. You might think of yourself as a consciousness or a mind, and there's truth in that. But the only way you can interact and interface with creation and with other people is through your body and through the five senses of your body. That's the way we were created, and that's the way we're meant to be. 
So in the afterlife, eventually after the resurrection, uh, we will go back to this, uh, this, this way we were meant to be, this way we were created, which is to say uh, that, that we will interface with the rest of creation through bodies, and so we will interact with other people through bodies. And so, you know, when we are in the final heavenly realm and after this time of resurrection, uh, when our souls or our spirits are reunited with our transformed bodies, um, we will uh, once again um, interface with each other through our bodies. And, and I guess, you know, the whole point of that is to say that um, heaven is a reunion. So, if, you know, if, if someone has lost loved ones along the way, loved ones who have gone before us, uh, we will be reunited with those people and we will be able to interact with them uh, once again, uh, which, you know, is important to, to uh, say again that the afterlife is not about becoming absorbed into the universe and losing our individuality or our personality. No, we, we retain all those things about who we are and we will once again know the people we knew here and uh and so we will interact with them in a, in an embodied way uh which you know that's why I say there will be hugs in heaven some people say jim we have created the afterlife because of the feeling of you know finality with death and just to feel as if that's it it's all over is too hard to take well, I mean, of course, that is kind of the easy way out, right? To say that, well, you know, all, all this talk of an afterlife is wishful thinking and that we're really only the sum total of our biological processes, and when those cease, then, then we cease to exist. Um, but I think that if we, if we claim that we understand ourselves fully, I think we're, we're fooling ourselves. I think that's sort of the ultimate arrogance is to claim that, that we understand ourselves um, to that extent. And I would say, and I know, again, that this is a matter of faith, but I would say, look, you know, we live in a universe where caterpillars become butterflies, and the resurrection that we believe in and the afterlife we believe in is accomplished and created by the same God who can turn a caterpillar into a butterfly. And so the afterlife and the resurrection is not any more or any less miraculous than that kind of a thing, and so it's uh, it's 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 fair to believe in that as uh, as the tradition teaches us. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.